0: Acts chapter 28, then picking up the story as they come into Rome in verse 16 to the end of the chapter. hear the word of God. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier that guarded him. After three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they had gathered, he said to them, brothers. Though I had done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. Disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to this people and say, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn. And I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Grass withers, the flower fades uh, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And we ask it would among us tonight. When you're tracking through this amazing narrative of the Book of Acts, as it traces Christianity's development all the way out and here, even even to Rome, and you come to this last chapter and this last uh, section, and you come to the end of it, it kind of feels rather anticlimactic. Uh, you know, maybe there's maybe there's a, a bit unsatisfying or kind of looking for something else. What more is happening? I mean, if you kind of saw this section that we just read, you could you could say along these lines that essentially Paul still under Roman custody, still under arrest, uh, now under house arrest uh, in Rome, tells the Jewish leaders there about Jesus. And though uh, some of them respond uh, believingly to that, uh, m- most of them. Reject the gospel. And two years later, still under house arrest, uh, waiting in Rome, Paul continues to teach about Jesus to anyone who would visit him. The end. i like, all right, kind of waiting for something a little bit more like, Boom, here it is, the, the clincher, right? We, we don't even get to find out how does this trial uh, before Caesar go, right? It's been building to this. This is why he's in Rome. And, and how's that going to go? Is Paul going to be released? What, what happens, right? You're kind of left, you know, wondering uh, there. Feels feels a bit uh, anticlimactic. And I want to encourage you to hold on to that anticlimactic vibe uh, because it's intentional, uh, and it's, it's there for a reason, and it, it's important to us. And it's important to us, especially as we focus on that, that very last word of, of this book and this chapter, uh, unhindered. Uh, without hindrance, but in one word, unhindered. Right, you think about that, we've mentioned it through the semester, but, but just what an incredible statement that is to talk about uh, the message of Christianity, the gospel of Christ and his kingdom going forward, uh, unhindered. Uh, where, where nothing is able to get in the way of it. Uh, nothing stands in the past. Nothing, nothing interferes. Uh, right, we, we speak of the Seminoles. We speak of the unconquered uh, Seminole uh, spirit. Not, not being willing to give up or wanting to accept defeat, but continuing to, to move forward. But unhindered takes that to a whole another level. Um, all, all seeming obstacles fail. All the burdens and obstacles and hindrances that would would come there, all those seeming obstacles fail in their intent to even slow down or in any way inhibit uh, the growth and the progress of Christ's kingdom. It's completely uh, without a hindrance for Christ's kingdom and especially his word. I was trying to think of some kind of analogy. Here's the best I could come up with was imagine you're driving down Tennessee Street. I don't know about for you, but I find usually a rather frustrating experience to drive all the way down Tennessee Street, you know, on a crowded uh, evening, there's lights and lights and traffic and traffic. But imagine if you just pull out and you come into the lane and there's cars all up ahead and you pull into one of the lanes and as you uh, come there, you realize that everyone else in the lane that you're in is moving out of that lane and it, it suddenly just opens up, right? And you're coming up to the light, but before you start to push your brakes yet, the light turns green. You're like... All right. And you keep going and light after light as you come to it, it turns green and the traffic just seems to like part in front of you. Right. And you just usher down Tennessee Street in no time. It's kind of like that in the summer. It's 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 amazing. Um, you can imagine that. Right. This is an amazing experience of being able to drive down Tennessee Street uh, unhindered. And Acts closes on this note and on this word that when it comes to what has been tracing of Christianity and the gospel going forward. It's like driving down Tennessee Street with with nothing getting in your way, with all the lights turning green. Uh, Christ's work is unhindered. We're going to go through three different sides as we look at this passage. uh, Unhindered by circumstances, uh, people, and even ourselves. Uh, But I want you to just be thinking as we look at this, why why does the book end this way? Why does it end on that anticlimactic note? Uh, Why does it end on this strong uh, word and what's being said here? think about it this way do you do you think that jesus is unhindered in his work you think that jesus's progress is actually unhindered and what difference uh, would that make uh, for you so first unhindered by circumstances uh, then certainly this passage is drawing out for us a lot of the circumstances that paul's in and it's really important to notice that for paul it didn't feel like driving down Tennessee street with all the lights turning green and no traffic, right? Um, this would have been a very painful experience for Paul. It would be more like being constantly uh, cut off and blocked out uh, at the lights and stuck at every single red light. And then as you're getting a little bit closer, finally your car breaks down. Great, in the middle lane, right? You're never going to get out of there. Um, right, don't miss in this passage that Paul is still, uh, he uses the expression, still chained, right? He is under uh, house arrest with a Roman guard there uh, constantly. Um, he uses this expression, wearing, wearing chains. He's still uh, bound, arrested. So you have this weird thing where he's chained and the gospel is going forward unhindered. Right, which, just, which makes it that much stronger to realize that even even being tied down and bound, uh, figuratively, uh, even as he's he's arrested and under uh, under confinement, he's not hindered. The message of Jesus and the progress of the kingdom isn't hindered. Uh, even in Rome, even under arrest by a Roman soldier, continues to go forward. We feel like really. Can it it be that way? Can can Jesus really be moving things uh, forward, even in all circumstances? Because sometimes you look out in the world and it doesn't seem like uh, Christ's perfect rule, right, of of might and strength and peace and all the things that we we hope for. There's so much wrong. Uh, There's so much injustice. Uh, There's so much fear, even in a lot of the events uh, presently, that we wonder where's that going to go and what all effect is this going to have? Don't worry about it. Um, it can feel like it's not, is this really under Christ's control? What's, what's going on? How is this kingdom not present in this? Um, some people would look at it and say, man, where, look at Christ's experience on earth. Uh, some looked at it and said he wasn't, uh, the circumstances were beyond his own control. He couldn't prevent his own death. Right? Except the scripture gives a very different view to it. Uh, in, in scripture, Jesus was very aware of what was coming. Uh, of what his days were advancing toward, of his purposes uh, before God. So he uh, uh, prays, not, not my will, uh, but your will, O Lord, be done, even as he approaches uh, the cross, approaches the crucifixion, uh, rejection by man and rejection by God for the sins of humanity. But he willingly went forward obeying the Father's plan. put it this way, the worst of circumstances that we would imagine was something that he willingly went toward because it was advancing the very plan that he was there for. Uh, And so what would be to us the greatest uh, tragedy uh, in history is the very thing that accomplishes our salvation. Death becomes our victory. His demise is our salvation and hope. And he continues to work now as raised and exalted uh, at the Father's right hands, ruling all of history uh, toward, uh, toward the fullness of that salvation. And so as Acts traces this forward from Jesus' ascension all the way on, uh, every seeming hindrance propels uh, Jesus' work forward. Not only his death for our salvation, but the continuing work through the church. You go all the way back to Peter and James back when they were imprisoned. You think, here's the leaders of the faith. Where's this going to go? Uh, and yet... They're, they're emboldened, made more, more bold and courageous uh, in proclaiming Christ and extending the gospel. Uh, when uh, hypocrites are in the church and they're divinely executed, uh, the church actually expands and grows through that. When persecution becomes a uh, harvest uh, on the church in Jerusalem, uh, it carries the gospel out to further uh, places. When Paul uh, recently in the story here, uh, back in around chapter uh, 20 and so, uh, is uh, accused and attacked uh, by the Jews and plotted against and all these things, where does it go? These things that would get in the way, hindrances that are certainly going to slow down and inhibit the kingdom, are the very things that end up being his ticket to take the gospel uh, to Rome also. Uh, So much so that Paul uh, when he writes from Rome to the church in Philippi, he says in uh, Philippians 1, 12, he says that I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has served to advance the gospel. He sees all those circumstances, difficult though they were, is actually advancing the gospel and rejoices in that and calls on them to rejoice. Uh, maybe, maybe just the one that I like uh, most here is the very beginning of chapter 28. Uh, Paul's been on his way to to Rome, uh, boat with a whole bunch of other people. They were uh, shipwrecked. Long, interesting story of how they were shipwrecked. And they finally come and uh, were brought safely uh, to land on this island called Malta is where chapter 28 starts you're like, okay, wow, they actually made it safe, and what's going to happen? And so they're building a fire, and as soon as they're building this fire, a a viper uh, comes out of the fire with one of the sticks that Paul was putting on the fire and bites Paul's hand. I mean, if you're Paul, you got to be like, really? Are you kidding me? Like, here's what God's been taking me all the way through. Here, I just survived this shipwreck, and it looked like all, me and everyone else was going to die, and now I'm building a fire, and a snake comes out and bites me on the hand and hangs on there, and all the people are like, oh, he's bad, and he's about to die. Judgment's still got him, right? He didn't die out there, but the gods are still taking care of him, and, and he's done for. Um, he survives uh, because God is leading through that, and it opens up a little bit more of the of an avenue of the gospel uh, with these people, and they end up uh, through other things and him healing uh, some people there, uh, contributing uh, to them as they're as they're sailing on the rest of the way to Rome. But you're like, you're like, really? I hear these. Uh, this is how the kingdom advances by a snake biting me. Now that I finally got on land. Um, so often, what we're looking for is for circumstances just to go smooth. We want it to be comfortable. Uh, we don't just want it to be comfortable. We want it to be impressive and exciting. And we feel like the gospel's going forward if big flags can be raised and everyone's rejoicing and here's all the good things. Or you feel like the gospel's going forward in my life uh, when I'm encouraged and I'm devoted and I feel uh, good and I'm encouraging other people or I'm pointing other people to Christ and here. Now's when things are really going forward. crisis drops out, uh, and you're not sure how to deal with your roommate anymore. Uh, you're not sure what's going on with your family anymore. When the grades that you get back aren't what you want, when the job isn't looking, prospect isn't looking good afterwards or whatever different things. We go, where's it going now? I'm certainly not in control. Who's in control? This is all just a big mess. (laughs) I feel like I just got bit by a viper after I came out. Um, We we want circumstances to be smooth and in control and comfortable and exciting. Jesus's kingdom moves forward unhindered, unhindered by the shipwreck, unhindered by the snake, unhindered by the uh, rejection of God. Unhindered by Paul uh, being under house arrest, guarded by a a soldier in, in chains, still going forward, still advancing. Uh, and to rest our hope there in what Christ is doing is, is hope for us, uh, is encouragement. To say he's able to use even all these hard things, painful things that can be weighty and, and hurt. And that's not to say there's, there's no hurt, they're deep pain. But if God's able to use the very crucifixion of Christ uh, as the glory of our hope for salvation... Uh, and he's using Paul's arrest as the very thing for the gospel to be proclaimed, he, he's, he's unhindered by circumstances. And it gives us hope in the middle of all those things that weigh us down uh, to look to Christ. Um, I tend to live under the belief that things can just get in the way, ruin my day, ruin, ruin my life, or, or whatever. We act like things can go wrong and, and get in the way of what Jesus is doing. But no circumstances get in Jesus' way. Moves forward uh, unhindered and not just the circumstances, but also in relation to, to people. Right? Secondly, un, unhindered by people. Um, I, I love uh, I, I'm put it this way, like here in in this text as Paul's dealing with this, it's not just a situation. Uh, the situation has all been perpetrated by people who set Paul in their sights and accused him. Uh, by his own countrymen who turned against him, by those who said that they were the lovers of, of Scripture. But as Paul comes and proclaims Jesus is the one who Scripture is about, they see their power and authority being undermined, and they, they want him out. Uh, and even here, he meets with the leaders, uh, with the Jewish leaders in Rome. And he comes and says, I'm, I'm here because of the hope of Israel. Let me tell you about the hope of the Scriptures. Let me take you, come, and they sit there for a whole day, Uh, going through uh, the Old Testament scriptures, going through the law of Moses, going through the prophets, and he's uh, explaining to them about how Jesus is the fulfillment of that, that it's all been pointing to him, that he's given his life, uh, that our sins can be paid for, that we can be restored to God, that he is the one who actually makes all things new and and is reigning now for us to follow him and live uh, under him. And for the most part, There's a a deep rejection of it, and the gospel still goes forward unhindered, unhindered even in their response. I I love people. I love having a job where I get to uh, work with people. But what you also have to say the more you have things, the more the more um, more you relate to people, the more problems that there are. Right? Um, It's just one of the things. All of us have problems. Uh, and, and the more, um, more people there are, the more, the more messes. It's not just circumstances. It's going to be people that are going to cause some of the deepest uh, difficulties that you have to go through, um, that will hurt you, some of the deepest wounds. Um, and I think we tend to live under the belief that, that people can get in the way, people can ruin and mess up the way things should be. If someone doesn't appreciate me the way that I'm looking for or approve or respect me, Or if someone uh, I trust looks down on me or or excludes me, then everything is just, everything is off kilter and things can't be going forward. All right, but the scripture would point us a a different way. Um, Jesus continues unhindered by people, using not only their good, but even their bad for for his purposes. All right, Romans 8, Paul says it this way, that that all things uh, work together. For good uh, for those who love God. And that's not that all things are, are just good. Some things are very deeply hurtful and painful. Uh, and yet God uses them to accomplish uh, salvation. Look at how, go back in the Old Testament, you see this principle just uh, lived out in the life of Joseph. How his brothers uh, turned against him, sold him into uh, slavery. And he's the one who, uh, that God uses to provide rescue for, for that family and for many other families. And God was still using for good what they meant uh, as evil. Like into the cross, there's Jesus uh, rejected and condemned. And, and the aim of humanity against him still is what God uses to work and accomplish salvation. Which is to say Jesus isn't, isn't thrown, uh, thrown back and confused by what people are doing in your life. Uh, When people stand against you or stand against the gospel and reject Christianity, if people aren't all in and jumping on board of everything, uh, Jesus' plan isn't lost. The gospel is moving forward unhindered. Uh, From from how Jesus has planned it, what Jesus is going forward, it's as if all the lanes of Tennessee open up and the green lights are going and it's moving forward. Uh, From Paul's perspective and our perspective, it's like everything is breaking down and we're stuck constantly along the way. But it's those very hindrances that Jesus, things that seem like hindrances and obstacles to us, Jesus is using to propel uh, things forward. But if I was in in this passage, I'd be really discouraged if I was uh, Paul. Uh, Here in Rome, uh, speaking to the Jews who most should believe, uh, and yet they're rejecting the gospel. Uh, this whole day I spent in it, and most dis- disbelieve. But their refusal doesn't hinder Jesus' reign or hinder his work. Uh, Paul speaks and even quotes uh, this passage uh, from Isaiah. what God has said to his people uh, before um, <clears throat> their, uh, their ears and their eyes are closed to the gospel. Uh, and so the gospel goes to the Gentiles, and they will listen. This is beautiful, a uh, glorious hope in the middle of this rejection of the gospel. That in Jesus' plan, it's even their rejection of the gospel that is part of what is advancing the gospel forward, uh, going to those who didn't know the scriptures, didn't know God's promises and his covenant and his history and his family. And yet the hope of Israel uh, is the hope of humanity and proclaimed our uh, forwardest step. At the same time, he's saying this partially. It was, It's not just like writing them off uh, with a care to provoke a jealousy in them that they would also, as this passage says, that they would turn. God says, and I would heal them. Right? He sees all the way that we get in the way, the, the, the way that the gospel is rejected. But he's able to use that for the gospel to continue to go, go forward. Uh, do you believe that Jesus continues unhindered? By people. Uh, by people around you, people close to you, people who you feel like are for you, and people who you feel like are against you. Uh, so you realize that the gospel goes forward uh, in the world by people we see as on his side or not. It goes forward uh, on this campus. Um, or sometimes I think we're more afraid of following him because of how someone else might react. Or we're afraid that other people's reaction is going to turn turn things away and destroy it. Maybe it's friends or parents or co-workers or strangers or classmates. Um, sometimes we're afraid to talk about Jesus because we think others won't like it. We're afraid for others to know that. And if they do and they don't like us as much, then we're, we're worried about what's life going to be like now. Um, afraid to... Accept Jesus and, and follow Jesus as someone who's looking outside in on the faith because that's going to mess up a lot of relationships and friendships. Um, but as Jesus reigns, people's people's problems are part of the very thing that propel the gospel forward. Uh, as Jesus has given himself for us and caused the gospel to go out to all. And it, and it gives those who follow Jesus the, the freedom to... Stop worrying about what might come. Stop just worrying over what people might say or how they might react or what's been hurtful to you because Jesus is able to work it for good. Jesus' kingdom is advancing forward. So Paul writes in Romans that he's not ashamed of the gospel of God for it is the power of God for salvation for all who believe. It calls us to follow the king who's, who's unhindered by circumstances, unhindered by people, uh, and then thirdly, uh, unhindered uh, by us. Um, and let me just tell you, like, few things are as sweet to me as this truth that the kingdom of Jesus is unhindered uh, by me, that I can't get in the way of what Jesus is doing. Uh, that's that's so good. I want to be part of what Jesus is doing and using that. And he uses us in that way. And that's that's wonderful. We need to be reminded that all, we also can't get in the way of what Jesus is doing. It still uh, advances. I often live under the belief that, that I can I can mess up uh, Jesus's plan or mess up uh, his work. Right. If I if I don't do the right thing, then you're not going to grow in your faith. If I don't say the right thing or give the right advice or have planned the, the best things or make sure to meet up with that, that, that then everything that things are somehow going to fall apart. Uh, like Jesus' uh, kingdom, or even His kingdom in this little corner of things happening through Ruf, is just gonna uh, gonna fall down, or crumble, or or be weaker. Um, and, and Jesus is unhindered by me. I'm not able to get in His way. When I, when I first uh, started in Ruf, one of the um, uh, another minister gave me uh, just, or just gave me this advice, but it, it stayed with me all that time. He watched me just worrying over being a new pastor, am I going to do things right? And what's this going to be like? And he he said, David, whoa, like slow down. Uh, uh, You're not able to derail the freight train of God's kingdom. And you're, you're acting like you can somehow get in the way of all this that God is doing. His work's going to go forward. It's like, oh, I got, I have to repent of being prideful that I might mess things up. Right? It's like this, but I think we do that all the time. We come to things expecting that if we're not doing things well enough, if we're not uh, devoted enough or putting on enough of a Christian appearance to others or faking the right life with each other or just having uh, you know, read the Bible all the way through next year, um, uh, what, what are all different things? And so we put these standards on ourselves and we say, if I'm not that, it all falls apart then can God really love me? Can God really use me? Is there really hope for me? When the whole message of the gospel is it's not about us, it's about what Jesus has done and what he's done is enough. It's enough for, for a crabby campus minister. Ah, I'm not trying to be down on myself. When I think of myself in all those ways, like that's still enough for me. When I get in the lows of the depression that I can uh, you know, be worried about myself, Jesus is still enough. When you are in the lows of wondering who you, how who you are is enough. Jesus is enough for you, enough to cover your disobedience, enough to cover your obedience and your lack of of movement uh, toward it. Uh, The kingdom of God is a freight train that even your sins can't uh, slow down. It's moving forward uh, unhindered. So often we act like um, we've got to fix things before going to God. Uh, But Jesus forgives sin. He clothes uh, in perfection. Uh, sometimes it's that, uh, you know, it's that concern with ourselves that ends up being like a fear or like a fear of failure. We're not going to try because, oh, maybe this won't work out. I don't want to start this Bible study. I don't want to uh, actually take up reading the Bible. Through you. I don't want to actually speak to people about Jesus because I don't know that I have the right things to say. It's great if you don't have the right things to say. Just talk to people and tell them who you are and and, and relate to them. Relate to them not knowing. Um, Or sometimes that very fear of failure that that propels us forward and we like have to do it and we have to make sure it goes right and we have to then talk to this many people and make all these things go. And it's all this focus on us because we think if we do it right or if we do it poorly, it all falls out according to that. And Jesus's kingdom moves forward unhindered by you, unhindered by me, unhindered by us even though he draws us into the very work that he's doing. All our baggage, all the obstacles around us, our circumstances and people around us aren't enough to get into Jesus' way. So as the passage closes here, closes on this note that it's unhindered. It's unhindered. Nothing is able to get in Jesus' way. In the final stanza of uh, T.S. Eliot's poem, uh, The Hallow Men, which I looked up because I can only just remember the lines, but apparently is one of the uh, most quoted lines of 20th century English poetry. Uh, But if you know it or if you've heard it before, it might ring a bell. uh, The final stanza of that poem uh, goes this way. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but a whimper. The anticlimactic ending of Acts, I could feel similarly. Right, where's the bang? Where's the excitement? Where's the closure? Where's the confidence that, yes, here it happened and we know it and we can get bonded, it and we're motivated by it? Um, where's the excitement? Where's the success? Where's the victory and the triumph? How do we see it? Paul's, Paul's still there in chains. Okay. The final climax is still coming. Uh, the final climax with all of that triumph and success and finality of, of full newness and all things made right is coming when Jesus returns. But now Jesus is moving things forward toward that. And if I can adapt uh, Elliot's uh, words uh, for, a different, for a very different purpose here related to Acts, I would say it uh, this way. Do you hear in the theme of this passage that this is the way Christianity grows. This is the way Christianity grows. This is the way Christianity grows, not with a bang, but with a whisper. Not with Christianity taking uh, Rome uh, by by storm, uh, but with Paul under house arrest for two years, but still speaking about Jesus to all who would come, and listen, and not with Christianity storming our college campuses uh, here and everyone uh, knowing and agreeing and relating to these things, but it comes in the difficulties, the trials, sometimes the rejections, the seeming obstacles and continual op- opposition to the gospel. And still there, it progresses and still there, it goes forward, the obstacles outside of us and, and within us as well. Not with a bang, but with a whisper. And by that I don't mean a secret, hidden, mysterious thing that only a select few people know, but more of a small and seemingly insignificant uh, message. Words that are spoken and that are heard and that are repeated and that are passed on, and passed on, and passed on. Uh, <clears throat> words that are repeated maybe in what seem like uh, small, insignificant, uh, private, and unimportant uh, places. Right? Here's Paul in some corner in Rome, in some uh, house that he's renting out for these two years. Uh, and the gospel goes forward unhindered there. Places like UCC 5301, Maybe places like Smith Hall or Reynolds or Suwannee or Fresh Food or your apartment or Landis and private conversations. Uh, And as as things are spoken about Jesus, about the hope that is there for you, about your weakness and being able to trust in it, about your fears along with it that would point to him. Words that are spoken and heard and repeated and passed on and passed on and passed on. Words that Jesus has used uh, to shape history, uh, to change our lives, to build his ever progressing kingdom. Because Jesus' word is unhindered. And so this is the way that Christianity grows. Not with a bang, but with a whisper.